Former President Trump faces 37 counts in a federal indictment relating to his handling of classified documents after he left office. Well, what's driving this endeavor may shock you. And we will analyze this event from a prophetic perspective on today's edition of The End Time Show. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. I want to thank you so much for joining me on this edition of the End Time Show. You remember President Trump's presidency was really clouded by investigations. I mean, several uh, probed whether he colluded with Russia to influence the 2016 election. Some focused on his finances. Uh, Others led to uh, impeachment, making him the first president of the United States history to have been impeached twice. And you know, the list goes on and on and on. And now he is facing um, 37 counts related to sensitive documents uh, recovered at his Mar-a-Lago residence in Florida after he left the White House. Now, I'm not going to get real deep into the weeds on the, in all of the indictments and try to dissect all that. I don't, that's not really the point of my program today. I want to look at this thing in the big picture. What's really going on here? Why, just basically almost from the first day, they started attacking Trump like he was some kind of a, a, an animal in the White House. Well, some say that it is the deep state or the establishment in the United States. But I would propose that it goes way beyond that into the globalist efforts to keep America engaged with the prophesied end-time world government or the new world order. And I'm going to get into uh, President Trump's efforts to pull us out of that, the Biden administration's efforts to push us back into that, and that they cannot lose the power of the United States in this world governing body. And so they have to keep us engaged. So anybody that wants to pull us out of that, well, we've got to just destroy them politically and financially and, I mean, every other way. We can't have anybody in the White House that would try to pull us out of this world governing body. So that's going to be my angle today. You know, global elites have been for decades, they've been working diligently to create a world government. And the outcome of these efforts is the formation of many international institutions specifically designed to govern the world. Uh, They would include many recognizable organizations, the United Nations, the International Monetary Fund, International Criminal Court, World Bank, World Health Organization, World Trade Organization, the the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, or NATO. And that's just to name a few. There are hundreds of them. These are designed to govern the planet. And they've got to have the United States involved to do that at all cost. To the point where they would go to great extremes to make sure that we're involved in that. Now, imagine... If we had a president of the United States that was trying to pull us out of that, we've got to get rid of him, no matter what it takes, right? 
to the point where they would try to imprison the guy. Well, now you can consider some of the indictments that are coming down against President Trump. You've got you to look at this on the grand scale, everybody. What's really going on in America? So, the United Nations is the seat of this world governing body. The seat of the new world order. What's that? Well, after World War II, and I'm, I'm setting you up then I'm going to get into Trump-Biden here in just a little bit. But after World War II, the United States led the efforts to create this new world order. And for the last seven plus decades, we've been the principal drivers behind that. Every administration since the founding of the United Nations, whether Republican or Democrat, has fully supported this new world order. Now, some of them have been cautious, but still at the end of the presidency, we've still moved in the same direction. World government, world government. So, because they've wielded vast amounts of international power, along with the other four victor nations of World War II, which would have been um, China, France, Russia, and the United Kingdom, the United States is one of the five permanent members of the United Nations Security Council. And, which, and they have veto power over any Security Council resolution. Well, since we forged this global governing system, the United States was the principal driver behind that. We've also put our money where our mouth is. Uh, back in 2016, the United States remained the largest donor to the United Nations. They contributed more than $10 billion, roughly one-fifth of its collective budget. The United States also funds the largest percentage of, the, um, of NATO, basically the the United Nations global military arm, and they, they fund their, uh, their budget. We fund most of that. Needless to say, the United States is intricately involved in the establishment of this world governing system. We have been for over 70 years. And over the last 70 plus years, the world has looked to America for leadership in the implementation of this new world order agenda. Now, up until recently, we've been the leader of not just the United Nations or NATO, but of pretty much all the multilateral institutions designed to govern the world. Everybody's looked to the United States for leadership. However, Bible prophecy foretells a completely different political atmosphere in the end time. According to the prophecies, there will be a world government established just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ, but the United States will not be in full compliance with its agenda. Now, this is very important when we're talking about what they're trying to do to Donald Trump now and with what Joe Biden's trying to do and a potential great reset of many things in the world political system in just the very near future. It could be happening now. We'll have to, we'll have to see. But very quickly, let's talk about this prophesied world government because you've got to understand this. A lot of people get caught up in a lot of things. But I want you to understand the, on the grand scale what's really going on here. And so, what was it? Uh, 650 years before John wrote the book of Revelation, Daniel was given a vision of four beasts that represented kingdoms or nations that would exist at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. The four beasts described in Daniel 7, 4-7, and the modern nations they symbolize 
are aligned with eagle's wings, Great Britain and the United States, a bear, Russia, a four-headed leopard, Germany, and a ten-horned beast, the reborn Holy Roman Empire, or the current European Union. And so those are four separate beasts found back in Daniel chapter 7. When we get back from the break, I'll show you how all those beasts federalize. Those nations will federalize into a one-world governing body. And this is the entity that Donald Trump was trying to pull us out of because it's already established, everybody. And Donald Trump was trying to pull us out of that. He wasn't wanting to play ball with the international community, and so they said, off with his head. They that understand what is taking place will instruct many. Except a man is born again, he can enter or see the kingdom of God. I don't care what label you've been given or what label you've given yourself. You are essential. You still matter. This is a journey, and when we get to the other side of that, that's where our prize is. That's where our reward is. End time is not going anywhere. Satan and the elites of this world don't want you to understand the timeline leading to the second coming of Jesus. You can pinpoint where we are in the end time. Understand how you fit in and be filled with hope in God's plan by watching the future according to Bible prophecy. Go to intime.com slash future or call 800 intime. That's 800-363-8463. What if you could understand Bible prophecy? Dave Robbins, the host of the End Time Show's TV and radio programs, is holding a free prophecy conference near you. Gain peace and understanding about what the Bible says concerning end time prophecy. Call 1 800 End Time or go to endtime.com slash events to see when Dave will be in a location near you. So Here we have, in Scripture, these are end-time Bible prophecies. Daniel chapter 7, Daniel sees four beasts symbolizing nations or kingdoms that would be on the earth at the second coming of Jesus Christ. In Revelation, John uses these same symbols of nations to describe the end-time world government. In John's account, the four separate nations of Daniel 7 have federalized into one large global governing body. And the interpretation would go, uh, this would be Revelation 13, 1 through 2. John, uh, John said, And I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns, symbolizing the European Union, were ten crowns. Upon his heads the name of blasphemy, and the beast which I saw was like unto, had the body of the leopard, Germany. So we know Germany is going to be involved. The feet is the feet of the bear, Russia. 
mouth as the mouth of the lion, Great Britain. And the dragon gave it its seat, power, and great authority. That's Revelation 13, 1 through 2. So, folks, this is the this is a 2,000-year-old prophecy of the world government that is currently being established. This is very important, though. The eagle's wings that were mentioned in Daniel 7, they're missing. The United States is missing. The eagle's wings, symbolic of the United States in Daniel 7, they're not mentioned in the combo beast of Revelation 13. And this indicates that the United States will not be included in the world government in the end time. It's very important when we're talking about this scenario today. The prophecy also indicates that world dominance will eventually shift from the United States over to the powers of Europe. And you can kind of see that happening in our world right now. The United States is coming off our pedestal as the world leader, and things are shifting over towards Europe. They're wanting to take on the responsibility. They're perfectly willing to fill the gap or this void that's being created by the United States by the weakness of the Biden administration. Now, I, 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 want, you, I want to make sure you understand. Let's forget Republican, Democrat, Biden, Trump, whatever. I'm just telling you what's going on in the news right now, what Donald Trump was doing. If, if Joe Biden had done this, I'd be talking the same thing for him. I'm just saying... I, I don't want to do the Republican-Democrat thing. Let's throw that in the trash today. Let's talk about what the world government and the establishment, it's not just the United States establishment or deep state. Joe Biden and all of them are part of the globalist cabal, folks, and they've got to get rid of Donald Trump. They cannot let a Donald Trump figure who wants to pull us out of world government, they cannot allow him to become president again. So, I think they think they can't beat him in the next election. So, what do you got to do? You got to do something to keep the guy from even, potentially even running. So, Revelation 12. It's the only other place. What happens to the United States? Well, Revelation 12 is the only other place the eagle's wings are mentioned in the prophecies of the end time. Revelation 12, 3 says the dragon will persecute a, or I'm sorry, this would be, what would that be? Uh, Revelation 12, 13 says that the dragon will persecute a woman with 12 stars around her head. The woman's Israel, 12 stars symbolize the 12 tribes of Israel. According to Revelation 13, the dragon or Satan will use the Antichrist and his world governing system to do the persecuting. So John tells us in the Next verse, this would be Revelation 12, 14, that Israel will be protected during the Great Tribulation, which will occur during the final three and one half years immediately preceding the second coming. The Bible says, And to the woman, Israel, were given two wings of a great eagle, the United States, that she might fly into the wilderness, into her place, where she is nourished for a time, times, and half a time, which is the length of the Great Tribulation, three and a half years, from the face of the serpent, the serpent representing the world governing body and the Antichrist. Remember, Satan gives them their seat, power, and great authority. So, this is Revelation 12, 14. So, a clear understanding of this. A lot of people are asking, what about the United States? A clear understanding of Revelation 12 and 13 has allowed us to be able to absolutely be sure of two things. The United States will stand with Israel and protect Israel 
from the world government in the end time, which is good, very good news for those of us living here in the United States. Now, the United States has its own issues we're going to have to deal with. We just had this huge uh, LGBTQ celebration in the White House where Joe Biden told a story of when the first time he saw two men kiss and all kinds of things. So the United States, we're going to have to deal with our own set of issues. But it looks like we will not be fully engaged with the world government in the end time. Also, secondly, the United States will not be part of the world government and therefore will not be under the full reign of the Antichrist. Now, there are other prophecies that tell us he will be fighting wars and facing resistance all the way to the end. And it appears the United States will be one of those nations, or at least a main faction of the United Nations. Or, I'm sorry, the United States. So, from the signing of the United Nations Charter in 1945 until all the way up until the 2016 presidential election, it was clear the United States was fully engaged and in full compliance with the world governing system. Some presidents proceeded cautiously, like I said, while others, they just blundered forward like a bunch of drunken sailors on the dream of a fully functioning world governing system that the United States would lead. But no matter who was in the White House, all the way from 1945 on, at the end of their administration, we still seem to be headed in the same direction. Even President Reagan and some of the others, even though he did some good things, he got the Berlin Wall torn down, a lot of different things happened, we still were headed towards that new world order and into world government at the end of their administration. However, knowing the prophecies foretell America's absence from this world government system in the end time, and the rate at that end time Bible prophecy is being fulfilled, we knew, my father-in-law, myself, Doug Norvell, a bunch of us, the prophecy teacher, we knew that Washington's political atmosphere had to change and, and soon, because of all the prophecies that are converging at the same time. Well, when you look back at the 2016 election, the number one issue by far in that 2016 presidential election was the globalism and the, and the campaigns leading up to that. If you can remember some of the uh, speeches and the debates and everything, it was all about globalism, globalism. Globalism, uh, simply the belief that the nation-state is now obsolete. Now, the United States, nation-state. We've got our own government, and we, can, we, 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 we're in a, our own, we control our own destiny. It's a nation-state. We protect our borders. We've got our own army. Okay? Well, they say, globalists believe, well, that's, that's really obsolete, and that the world must move into a system of global governance. Remove the borders. And everybody, uh, it, well, clearly stated, globalists believe that national borders should be dissolved and a one-world government should be instituted, that we should create a global state, not a bunch of different nations relying with autonomous situations, self-governing, but that we should um, do away with all the borders and that create a global state that answers to a world-governing body. That's the goal. The Bible says that's going to happen. Revelation 13 the federalization of these nations. The Bible says all the world will wonder after this beast. So that's what's going to happen, and we're seeing it happening right now. However, 
if going into the 2016 election, which is where everything went sideways on these globalists, Irvin Baxter and I, Doug Novell, a bunch of us were sitting around talking, and we knew that Hillary Clinton advocated globalism. She was for not protecting the border, and I mean, Donald Trump was saying, I'm going to build a border, and she's saying we're not, and blah, blah, blah. But she was fully advocating globalism, a world-governing body. She was going to carry on with what um, the Obama administration, I mean, it was basically going to be a second term plus of the Obama administration. But that's the same thing Joe Biden is trying to do today. He's, he's a globalist. He believes in a world-governing body. You remember under the Obama administration, the United States was pursuing a policy of globalism. Uh, former President Obama, he was a big proponent of the emerging system of global governance. He threw open America's borders. Remember, doing away with the borders and refusing to enforce our immigration laws. Millions and millions of people came in across our southern border under the Obama administration. Why not just protect our southern borders? Because the international community does not want that. Remember, the nation state is becoming obsolete in the mind of the globalist. Now, of course, then Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, she promised to continue the globalist policies of Barack Obama. But on the other hand, when President Trump came along, or I'm sorry, when, when Donald Trump came along, we didn't really know who he was. I knew he was a, um, a, a builder in New York. He was a, a, a real estate guy and that he owned several businesses and things like that. I, I, but I, did, I don't know him. So when he came to, you know, he was not a politician. You couldn't follow a political trail. Who is this guy? Uh, maybe he's a movie star. I don't know what he is but or what he was then, but... He came and said, I'm going to run for president. Well, so then presidential candidate Donald Trump, he opposed globalization and open borders. My father-in-law and I were listening to his speeches, listening to his, um, the debates, and he was coming out against globalization, against the establishment, and we were looking at each other saying, whoa, whoa, hold on a second. You understand what he's talking about here. Hillary Clinton's pro-world government, pro-globalization, Donald Trump's talking against globalization, against, you know, he's wanting to build a wall on our southern border. I mean, it was just unheard of. And Hillary Clinton was saying, no, no, it was, I mean, as opposite as you could get. He wanted to control our borders and to restore American sovereignty. Well, understanding the prophecies of America's secession from the ongoing process of globalization and further enslavement of the world government, we wanted a President Trump could be the one to bring about our exit because we knew from the prophecies of the Bible that we were going to have to exit at some point. However, when's the last time a president, I mean, we were thinking this, you know, we were asking the questions, when's the last time a president actually kept his campaign promises? We wondered if Donald Trump was just saying these things to get in office and then like everybody else he would say, well, I know I said that, but I'm really going to do this. But we now know he did all, really all that he could do to keep his campaign promises. The, a big majority of them. It was, it, was, um, it was a breath of fresh air, really. It was kind of shocking, to say. I mean, to be honest. In his first speech at the United Nations, President Trump... Now, remember, in the background, what's going on today with Donald Trump and all of these indictments and 
the Russian collusion and all this other stuff that they threw at Trump. And they're still throwing at him, what, two and a half years after he is, is not even the president anymore. Two and a half years later, they're still going after him. And so you gotta, you got to think, man, what in the world's really going on here? Because I don't want to be... I don't want to be a lost in the weeds of this indictment. It is, I, w- I wanted to make sure everybody knows the big scope of what's going on here. So, in his first speech at the United Nations, President Trump vowed to put America first by stating the greatest words in the United States Constitution are its first three beautiful words, We the People. He said, generations of Americans have sacrificed to maintain the promise of those words, the promise of our country and of our great history. In America, the people govern. This was unheard of, folks. I mean, imagine the last time you heard a president say that. They might have said it, but they didn't really follow through with it. He said, and he's talking at the United Nations here, the the seat of world government. He said, in America, the people govern. The people rule. Well, they want to rule. So it's di- he was diametrically opposed to them. He said, and the people are sovereign. They run themselves. It's not government that's running them. He said, I was elected not to take power, but to give power to the American people where it belongs. In foreign affairs, we are renewing this founding principle of sovereignty. Our government's first duty to its people is to its people, to our citizens, to serve their needs to ensure their safety, to preserve their rights, and to defend their values. He said, as President of the United States, I will always put America first. Now, everybody, let's pause right here. Think about this. If you are the globalist crowd that want to control every aspect of every human being on the planet and set up here with your thumbs in your lapels and say, look how we run everybody. If you're the globalist crowd... What are you thinking at this point when Donald Trump comes before, as the President of the United States, goes before the United Nations, which is all of your cronies, globalist cronies, what are you thinking at that point? I can tell you what they were thinking. We've got to get rid of this guy. I don't care what we have to do. We've got to get rid of him at all costs. Well, now you understand the big picture of what's been happening to Donald Trump since day one. He has been diametrically opposed to the globalist efforts to run the world. And they had the United States at the helm of that. And now we've been pulled off of that by Donald Trump. The problem is Joe Biden's pushing us back into all of that. And so you can see what's really going on with these indictments. It's not just the establishment or the deep state here in the United States against Donald Trump. You can see that on a global scale, he didn't. He was trying to pull the United States out of that. And we'll get deep into that on the other side of the break. What did Donald Trump do to pull us out of that? And what is Joe Biden doing to push us back into it almost from day one of his presidency? The symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, The Unveiling of Jesus Christ Part 2. The late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding 
Don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV, and now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online with End Time Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the End Time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you and we love you. So when we go back to his speech, let me go through a little more of that and then we'll get off into the woods here a little bit. President Trump went on to say in his speech, and I'm quoting, he said, now he's at the United Nations here, I will no longer surrender this country or its people to the false song of globalism. I am skeptical of international unions that tie us up, the United States up and bring America down. And under my administration, We will never enter America into any agreement that reduces our ability to control our own affairs. The nation-state remains the true foundation of happiness and harmony. Now, again, put yourself in a globalist position. You're looking at this and you're saying, man, we've been able to pretty much control all the presidents from from, from the United States for the last several decades up to this one. And now, oh my, he's not going to play ball with us anymore. He's not going to bow down to the edicts of the United Nations. So, consider some of President Trump's efforts in his secession plan, whether it was a rebuke of the global governing system or a complete withdrawal from an, this, an enslaving treaty. Donald Trump worked his plan to put America first and not the world government. Do I agree with everything he did? No, not 100%. But, with him pulling us out of world government, I'm, me, at that time, me and my father-in-law and a bunch of us were sitting here going, you've got to be kidding me. This could be the breakaway of the United States from the world government in the end time. Something's got to happen because we understand Revelation, or Daniel 7 and Revelation 12 and 13, which lets us know the United States will not be part of the world government. We're going to stand with Israel. So let me get off into a few things here that Donald Trump did to pull us out of the world government and letting you know why they had to get rid of him at all costs. They, they can't allow him because knowing what he knows now, if he was to get back in and be president again, he would just start lopping off the tentacles of this world government off of the United States. He would start, um, we would be energy independent again. I mean, the economy would start screaming again. They can't have that. They want to weaken America so we can't impede their evil plans to implement socialism here. This is what's going on. Look at ESG and all these other things. Those are soft-sell socialism. They're trying to control America. With Donald Trump, he said in his first, 
United Nations speech, we're not going to, that's not going to happen here. They couldn't control Donald Trump, so they've got to keep him out of office no matter what happens. This is what's going on. Folks, forget the Republican-Democrat thing anymore. That's gone. Now, in America, it's, lib- it's liberal versus conservative. And the thing is, honestly, I'm a Christian minister trying to get people to heaven. I am talking politics here today. But I want you to understand, politics is Satan's method of ruling the world. The church is God's method. We could solve this whole thing if everybody would get in church, start serving serving Jesus Christ. This would all smooth out tomorrow. But the problem is, we're going to have to deal with this. And I want you to understand, because this world government is prophesied in the Bible. We're living through Bible prophecy right now. And I want you to understand these things because you need your eyes opened. We need to be walking through the end times with my eyes wide open, my ears wide open. And I want you to understand what's going on in the United States. We're being segregated in the United States, but it's not along racial lines or economic lines. It's really along, are you a conservative, somebody who wants to do the best for the United States, and are anti-LGBTQ, anti-abortion, conservative individual, or are you... I mean, that's, that's kind of where we're at because the world governing body wants to, they want to divide everybody because it's divide and conquer. If we were just to unite for the betterment of America, and it, a lot of this stuff would just turn around tomorrow. You understand that if we were to start drilling and exporting oil again and exporting energy, our gas prices would take a nosedive? You understand that? I mean, this is what's going on in our world. So, but they didn't want that. That's why gas prices were about, what, $1.60 some, $1.65 I think here in Dallas when President Trump was in, and now we're up over $3, almost $3.25 to $3.50 now, depending on where you get gas. And in Israel, it's almost $10 a gallon. So am I thankful to live in the United States? You better believe it. But still, gas is over or just about doubled, sometimes more than doubled, now that President Biden's in office. Why? It's by grand design. None of this stuff's happening by accident. Uh, man, I, and this is not a stump speech for me because I'm not trying to get elected. I'm just trying to open your eyes to what's going on in the world. So what did President Trump do? He withdrew from the Paris Climate Agreement. Paris Climate Agreement and the Sustainable Development Goals, they're really twin efforts designed to specifically govern the planet. The Sustainable Development Goals They're the socialistic blueprint of the United Nations for world government. And one of the main areas of their critical importance in that is the planet. You can see the green agenda that's being pushed every day. Well, according to this 2030 agenda, they say we are determined to protect the planet from degradation, including through sustainable consumption, production, sustainably managing its natural resources, and taking urgent action on climate change so that it can support the needs of the present and future generations. So this is the reason for the Paris Climate Agreement. Without a commitment from every nation to curb their greenhouse emissions, it's impossible to achieve the Sustainable Development Goals. So that these things work hand in hand. Well, on June 1, or I should say back in um, early 2017, Donald Trump knew that the Human-induced global warming, which leads to climate change, was simply a hoax. And he recognized that it was just about all about wealth redistribution. It was, a, it was in, to implement socialism. That's what the United Nations is, socialistic, 
So they want to implement socialism here in the United States. That's why they need a weak president to weaken the United States to be able to push socialism here. That's what, this is what's going on in our country. So Donald Trump said, no, it's not going to happen. So on June 1, uh, 2017, President Trump said, well, therefore, in order to fulfill my solemn duty to protect American and its citizens, the United States will withdraw from the Paris Climate Accord. And thus, as of today, the United States will cease all implementation of the non-binding Paris Accord and these draconian financial and economic burdens that the agreement imposes on our country. And this includes ending the implementation of the nationally determined contribution and, very importantly, the Green Climate Fund, which is costing the United States a vast fortune. He realized it was all about wealth redistribution. That's what the human-induced global warming, which leads to climate change, is all about. Wealth redistribution, because that's one of the main planks of socialism. Well, on January 20, Donald Trump pulled us out of the Paris Climate Agreement. On January 20th, folks, on his first day in office, President Biden signed the instrument to bring the United States back into the Paris Climate Agreement. So, you understand what's going on here in politics? Everybody had played ball with the United Nations and the world government up until Donald Trump got elected. And then he said, no more. He started pulling us out of all that. And oh, everybody just, the international community was howling. We've got to do something. Um, Russia collusion, uh, something. We've got to get him on something to get him out of office. We've got to impeach him. We've got to do something. And now, two and a half years later, they're still trying to get him on something. Now we have all these indictments now. You see what's going on here? You see the grand scheme of things? So, Donald Trump continued on in his presidency. He talked about, he talked against socialism at the United Nations. Think about this. From its inception, the United Nations was designed to be a socialistic, one-world governing body. The original UN Charter was written by Alger Hiss, who was later revealed to be a, he was convicted of perjury for lying about being a communist spy. And to this day, not one word of the original charter has ever changed. So it was created to be a socialistic one-world governing body, right? Well, on September 19th of 2017, during, again, during his first speech, I mean right out of the gate, during his first speech at, as president of the United States at the United Nations, President Trump said this. He said the problem in Venezuela is not that socialism has been poorly implemented, but that socialism has been faithfully implemented. He said from the Soviet Union to Cuba to Venezuela, whether wherever <clears throat> true socialism or communism has been adopted, it has delivered anguish and devastation and failure. Those who preach the tenets of these discredited ideologies only contribute to the continued suffering of the people who live under their cruel systems. Well, man, he said the United Nations saying this, and they are going ballistic. We cannot have this guy as President of the United States. We've got to get somebody back in there who will bow down to our edicts. Well, on January 18th of 2017 at the World Economic Forum, just two days before President Trump's inauguration, on January 20th, Joe Biden had devoted his last speech as vice president to protecting the New World Order, the world government, and the liberal international order. 
which is all synonymous terms. So you got one guy here who's just doing everything he can to protect it. And you got the Penn Biden Center, which is all about, which they actually found some, uh, did they? Let me see here. Didn't they find some documents there? Ooh, I won't go into that right now. But at any rate, um, he said, Joe Biden said, for the past seven decades, the choices we have made, particularly the United States and our allies in Europe, have steered our world down a clear path. World government. I added world government there, but this is the path he's talking about. Our careful attention to building a sustaining and sustaining a liberal international order with the United States and Europe at its core was the bedrock of the success of the world enjoyed in the second half of the 20th century. But he says today it is imperative that we act urgently to defend the liberal international order, this world government they're trying to build, Defending the liberal international order requires that we resist the forces of European disintegration and maintain our long-standing insistence on a Europe whole, free, and at peace. It's only by championing the liberal international order, by continuing to invest in our security and reaffirming our shared values and expanding the cause of liberty around the world that we will retain our, the United States, position of leadership. So it's easy to see that President Joe Biden is a globalist. He advocates uh, yielding American citizen sovereignty to a world governing body. Now, I want you to understand, again, the big picture of what's going on here today in the news. And then two and a half years after the guy's not even president anymore, but they're still going after him. Why? Because they cannot allow him to become president again. And, you know, from what I can tell, pretty much every president, uh, everything President Trump has done to push um, his America First policy and to pull us out of the um, uh, emerging world governing system while he was president, President Joe Biden has done, went in reverse and pushed us back in. I want you to consider the world, the withdrawal from the global compact on migration. Another thing that President Trump did while he was in office, the Trump administration. Nikki Haley was involved in this and a lot of different things to pull us out of the withdrawal on the compact, a global compact on migration. So I know we're coming up to a break, but we're going to drive straight off into this when we get back because President Trump was saying, no, we can't do that. The United Nations is controlling the United States. We're not going to allow that to happen. And so because he's not playing ball, they're trying to bury the guy so he he can't even breathe. They'd love to put him in prison is what they'd like to do. But I don't know. We'll have to see how it all plays out. But this is what's going on in the world. I've been part of the End Time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. End Time is a small nonprofit that runs a high-traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. We survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. If you only give to one cause per month, please consider 
partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner. So when we talk about this withdrawal from global compact on migration, you know, Strobe Talbot, who was the president of the Brookings Institute from 2002 to 2017 and former deputy secretary of state uh, for the Clinton administration, he probably stated it most clearly when he said, and this, he wrote an article years ago in the Time magazine back on, man, 1992. He wrote an article called The Birth of a Global Nation. In that article, he said, in the next century, nationhood, as we know it, is going to be obsolete. All states will recognize a single global authority. And that's the goal of every globalist. Don't ever forget, that's the goal of of Joe Biden. Along with the United Nations, the removal of national borders and the creation of a single global authority, which answers to a world, or I should say a single global community, which answers to a world government. Well, for this to happen, nations will need to throw open their borders And that's exactly what the United Nations is pressing for. So, now we're going to consider the United Nations Global Compact for Migration. According to the United Nations' own website, the Global Compact is a significant uh, opportunity to improve the governance on migration, to address the challenges associated with today's migration, and to strengthen the contribution of migrants and migration to sustainable development. So, if you remember the Sustainable Development Goals, goal number 10 of those UN Security, uh, the UN um, Sustainable Development Goals, is to reduce inequality within and among countries. And then target 10.7 of that goal is to facilitate orderly, safe, regular, and responsible migration and mobility of people, including through the implementation of planned and well-managed migration policies. So, essentially, the United Nations wants to even out the inequalities among the countries through the movement of people around the world in an orderly fashion. This is a necessary step to the implementation of global global socialism. So, when they have a country that wants to protect their borders, oh no, can't do that no more. We want to be able to migrate, we want to control migration and put anybody in your country that we want. So, don't protect your borders. Well, now you know what's going on down here on the southern border. Why won't Joe Biden protect our border? He's the president of the United States because because he's being told not to. Andrew Arthur, uh, he was, um, to my knowledge, I think he still serves as the resident fellow in law and policy for the Center for Immigration Studies. He describes a situation like this. He says, were the United States to continue in the global compact on migration and were that compact to push to achieve the Sustainable Development Goals, this country would essentially have to implement an open border policy to even make a dent in the inequality among the nations. Well, we pretty much got an open border policy now, don't we? Now, just like the Paris Climate Agreement, the Global Compact on Migration is to be used to implement the global management system of the Sustainable Development Goals. And that is why the United States decided to, under the Trump administration, to end its participation in the United Nations process to develop a global compact on migration. 
Once the Trump administration recognized more global governing restrictions on the United States, he simply withdrew from the Global Compact on Migration. At the time, then United States Ambassador to the United Nations, Nikki Haley, she actually stated, our decisions on immigration policy must always be made by Americans and Americans alone. We will decide how to best control our borders and who will be allowed to enter into our country. Well, guess what? The White House on November 11, 2022, President Biden announced that new initiatives at the COP27 to strengthen U.S. leadership in tackling climate change. But then it states this. You've got to read all this stuff, and it takes forever to read it all. But if you dig in, you can find these nuggets of gold in this stuff. In that document, it says supporting climate affected vulnerable migrants. The United States, this is under the Biden administration, the United States announced a contribution of $5 million to the Migration Multipartner Trust Fund to support climate-affected vulnerable migrants, people that had to leave their country because it was potentially going to burn up. But this program, get this, the Biden administration said this program underscores our commitment to the vision of the Global Compact for Migration, including improving cooperation on international migration. So there you have it. Donald Trump pulled us out. Joe Biden put us, is putting us, pushing us right back into it. The withdrawal from UNESCO, and I wanted to finish up here. Very, very important. The UNESCO, the United Nations Educational, Scientific, and Culture Organization, is probably best known for its World Heritage Program to protect cultural sites, traditions around the world while advocating um, humanitarian efforts on the environment, education, and science. So for decades... UNESCO has undertaken the task of recognizing the most significant sites in the world as part of their heritage site program. You say, well, that sounds pretty innocent, right? However, over time, like most United Nations organizations, UNESCO has become an anti-Israel entity. In 2011, the U.S. stopped funding UNESCO after it voted to include Palestine as a member. Palestine's not even a country. On October 13th of 2016, Israel's Prime Minister announced that today UNESCO adopted its second decision this year denying the Jewish people's connection to the Temple Mount. Uh, they, he said, our holiest site for more than 3,000 years, where the first and second temple stood. On May 2nd, 2017, UNESCO passed a new resolution referring throughout the document to Israel as the occupying power, which is not true. It's disputed territory that was in Jerusalem, indicating that it has no legal or historical ties to any part of the city of Jerusalem, folks. And then when you talk about the cave of the patriarchs, so when um, on July 7th of 2017, UNESCO, this was during the Trump administration, UNESCO determined that the Cave of the Patriarchs, which is down in Hebron, southern Israel, is a Palestinian heritage site, meaning that it is not a Jewish site, even though Abraham purchased the Cave of Machpelah in Hebron back in Genesis 23 for his lineage, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So um, Abraham actually has several members of his family buried there. Abraham is buried there, Isaac, Jacob, Jacob. Sarah, Rebecca, and Leah. 
The only one missing from that group is um, Rachel, and she was buried up near Bethlehem because she died during childbirth. And it's from these patriarchs and matriarchs that the nation of Israel was birthed. But the United Nations sees that as a Palestinian site. So it's clear to see the anti-Israel bias at the United Nations and its many tentacles. So, let's talk about, well, the United States involvement. What do we have to do with, what's that got to do with the United States? Well, do you remember when Nikki Haley's uh, rebuke of the United Nations Security Council after her first meeting for their anti-Israel bias? She said, look, I'm here to say that the United States is not going to turn a blind eye to this anymore. I'm here to underscore the ironclad support, ironclad support of the United States for Israel. I'm here to emphasize the United States is determined to stand up to the UN's anti-Israel bias. Now, remember Bible prophecy. We're going to stand against the world government with Israel all the way through the end time. So, I'm, we're sitting here watching this, and it was only a matter of time before the Trump administration would take action. On October 12, 2017, because we've already seen him start, during his administration, start pulling us out of this world government. Well, on October 12, 2017, the Department of State notified UNESCO, the the, uh, Director General, I think it was um, Irina Bokova, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, of the U.S., uh, our decision to withdraw from from the organization and to seek to establish a permanent observer mission to UNESCO. So this decision obviously was not taken lightly, and it reflects U.S. concerns with mounting arrears at UNESCO, the need for fundamental reform in the organization, and continuing their anti-Israel bias at UNESCO. Well, Nikki Haley uh, again stated that in July, when UNESCO made its latest outrageous and politically based decision, designating the old city of Hebron and the Tomb of the Patriarchs, as part of the Palestinian territory, the United States clearly stated that this decision would negatively affect our evaluation of our level of engagement with UNESCO. The United States will continue to evaluate all agencies within the United Nations system through the same lens. Now, I said all that to say this, folks. We pulled out of UNESCO because UNESCO was anti-Israel. Period. They don't even recognize Israel's connection to the Temple Mount. But guess what? The Israel National News reported today, and this is the headline, a report that the U.S. informs UNESCO it plans to rejoin the agency. Now, why in the world would you do that? Because we have to pay dues to be a part of that agency. The Trump administration withdrew the U.S. membership from the U.N.'s cultural agency in protest of its ongoing anti-Israel bias. The U.S. last week privately notified UNESCO that it had decided to rejoin the agency nearly six years after the Trump administration announced it was withdrawing U.S. membership. And that was said by a State Department spokesperson, Barack Ravid. So Israel withdrew from UNESCO in 2019 after the U.S. made a similar announcement over the agency's anti-Israel bias. But get this, folks. Last December, Congress approved a bill that allocated more than $500 
million needed to pay the U.S. debt to UNESCO and allow it to return as a full member. So, what Donald Trump was doing during his administration, pulling us out of the world governing body, standing against the world government on behalf of Israel, you watch this from a prophetic perspective, oh my goodness, I mean, things were just, we, we, we were talking about Donald Trump every other day because what he was doing was so prophetic. Not because I was Mr. Trump supporter, but he was doing so much that was prophetic, I, we had to talk about it. But they had to get, imagine being a globalist now, trying to establish a world governing body, wanting to control the United States. They recognized they could not do that with a Donald Trump, so we have to get rid of him at all costs. They got him out of the White House, but now they're trying to bury the guy. They don't want him to even run for president, much less have a potential of getting back in the White House. Because if you think he did that the first time, imagine what he would do the second term. He would go in just blowing stuff, not necessarily blowing stuff up, but he would go in lopping off the tentacles of this world governing body from the United States. And now you know how we're functioning in the United States. Why is there stuff, things you just can't put your finger on? Why is the United States doing this? Because we're complying with many of the edicts of the United Nations. All of the Paris Climate Agreement, the Global Compact on Migration, UNESCO, all these different things. That's just a few of them, folks. So now I hope you have a, 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 a global picture from a, an international globalist perspective on what's really going on here. It's not just the deep state and the establishment in the United States. This is a global scale. They cannot have Donald Trump getting back in the office. And they're willing to do anything they can to keep that from happening because he impedes their evil plans in the United States. So we're going to watch and see how all this plays out. But I know at the end of the day, I've got my hands on the Lord's hands and I'm not worried about how it's all going to play out. God bless you.